Hello, and welcome back to an all-new episode of Real Talk with not Brian and Chrissy this week. We actually have a special guest host, and you met her last week. It is Miss Annie Johnson Salazar, and we are just so happy she's here. So here is your hosts, or your hosts, Annie and Ashley. Hello. <laughs> she really struggled on that double I last really name. did. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> What's your last name, girl? <laughs> it's such a mouthful. It's, it's rough. It it's rough for everyone. Unique. It's fine. I mean, I knew it, though. See? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad. It's up there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's going on, girls? Not much. Super excited to be here. We're here with Ashley this time, and I'm so glad it's not Brad and Chrissy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really, really excited because when, when Brad was asking me about what I wanted to do for this episode, I was like, oh, I, there's no question. We have to get Ashley on. We have to talk about the Enneagram. Um, this is the Star Passion Project. It is. It's how we bonded. It is. It Honestly, really is. this is the whole reason you talked them into having a podcast, just so you could have one episode. <laughs> So right. You've done it. You've lived it now. What do you? What's your next goal in life, Annie? I I don't even know where to go from here. Honestly, like the the, the bar the is so high. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> slide down the canyon. <laughs> um. So Ashley took a trip recently. Yes, and I did. And uh, <laughs> it was it was fun. It was so much fun. Uh, wow. I I fell down the Grand Canyon, and that's <laughs> my story. And I'm sticking to it. I'm alive. Um. All the body parts are still here. We're intact. We're working. Help me and we made it through. A uh, little bruised, a little banged up. But, you know, small price to pay to say I fell down the Grand Canyon for the rest of my life. So No, absolutely. That's my story. It's very dramatic, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can I can make it more dramatic. What's the most dramatic place you've fallen, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when I – so I passed. I passed my NCE. I really okay. wanted – so we talked about this the last time. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, but I had this national exam, and I passed it, so I'm pumped. But the first time I went to took the – to take the NCE, um, I passed out in the testing center. Oh, Lord. And hit my head so hard. I was throwing up all over the place. You were concussed? I was concussed. Oh, my god! <laughs> it was in Baton Rouge. Brian had to drive all the way to Baton Rouge. He had to pick me up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amy. And drive me back home. Sandy Palin came with them. Shout out to them. <laughs> they really saved me. Rock stars. But yeah, that's probably the most. It, it wasn't a dramatic place though. It was the Pearson Testing Center. Like it wasn't crazy. It, it wasn't even like. Any, yeah, no, it wasn't anywhere cool. Um, but it was a little old tragic. So. I mean, oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah, wild wow. things. That's that very dramatic though. <laughs> it was like down the Grand Canyon. I fell down the Grand Canyon. I slid maybe six feet. We're fine. <laughs> but you were taking a test. The Pearson's <laughs> Testing Center. Oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. Once we compared it edge. back to the Grand Canyon, it felt a lot lamer. But nah, it was a big event in my life. Okay? Were you nervous? Is that why you passed out? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't, but that's what every doctor said. Like every doctor I talked to was like, you're probably nervous and passed out. And I was like, okay, right. but like I wasn't. It didn't feel that. <laughs> it didn't it feel hadn't that happened heavy. before. I, w- I don't remember it. You know how like when you get cut, like I don't remember any of the before or after. Like I just kind of came to, and mm. then I threw up a lot. And then I, I called my mom. I was like, you got to go get me. Oh, no. Poor Tammy. <laughs> she was probably worried the whole time. She was like, don't worry. I'll send Brian. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Went and chilled in the hotel. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> well, congratulations on passing your test. Thanks, Absolutely. thanks. So what is your title now? How many it letters? doesn't change. It doesn't change. It's PLPC. So it doesn't change. But at, so you, you, 
It's so confusing. So when you first finish. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> so when you first finish, there is a two-year period that you're a PLPC. So you have okay. to, like, get all of these hours, and you have a supervisor during that time. And so I'm still in that. But at some point during that two-year period, you have to take this test and pass. Oh. Okay. So, like, potentially my last test ever. Woohoo! Oh, I don't even know how to act. So fun. Oh Congratulations. I'm so for you. The, I appreciate it. The relief of knowing I never have to take another test. Oh. It's a weight off. Life changing. Yeah, no, it's crazy. That is pretty nice. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. I'm I'm very excited for you. I'm really excited. Now I have a friend that I can call and be like, hey, so (laughs) case study. (laughs) Everyone needs a therapist friend. (laughs) (laughs) Need your opinion. Everybody needs a therapist and a therapist friend. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. So if you don't have one, this is me saying go hang out on somebody's college campus <laughs> and track one down. There go you get go. you one. I just when people come to me now, I send them to the Enneagram. If they're like wanting advice or something, I'm like, you should you should learn about yourself. Why don't you start with the Enneagram? Well, <laughs> there you go. Hey, Perfectly it's done. It's a good starting point. And the one thing we do want to say though is like, Annie and I are. We love the Enneagram. It is our thing. We, mm-hmm. we in no way want it to, you do not have to. This is a tool that we've used that we found pretty useful in helping us uh, with wording and learning how we operate within the world and how we connect with other people and operate with other people. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's just another tool. It's just, it's. And we're not certified. We're, we're not, not certified experts. Um, Huge disclaimer. Yeah, I just I read the book and I got really excited. I That's all. Book. I read a couple of books, listened to a lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasts. She <laughs> says that so lightly, but y'all, I was around Ashley in the <laughs> summer of I'm learning about this Enneagram. It was all consuming. It was. It was all consuming. And she said, I read a couple books. You read a few, like quite a few books. Just two. And listen. Oh, it felt like more. It felt like more. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like in a really nice way. <laughs> like I learned a lot from you about it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Th- this is the crazy thing about the Enneagram is it, it doesn't take much. Like it's not one of those things that you have to like intensely study to right. figure out. Like it's so layman term, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, very much so. And so I think for me at that period of time in my life where I was I was searching and trying to figure out my place in the world because I feel like a lot of what people don't talk about is how cyclical that is Yeah, in life is yeah. how you never reach a point to where you know it all. And believe me, when I was 19, 18, 19, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have it figured out in four years and we're going to be fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't tell you how many cycles of, I have no idea what I'm doing and where I am in life and yeah. how I even fit into this crazy world that I've had. Yeah. And I'm only 34, you know? Yeah. And so, I- I think the Enneagram is cool, too, because it doesn't just teach you about yourself, but also, like, a big part of it for me was just learning how to interact with, like, I mean, even just, like, my my mom, Brian, Mm -hmm. Christian, my parents, you know, people in my family that obviously I've interacted with my whole life, and it's not like we have bad relationships or anything, but it really taught me how to communicate a lot better and to just understand others. Right, and I think that's the most important thing that I learned, too. It helped me see myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the reasons why I do certain things and then kind of help not necessarily project on the other person, but take a step back and say, okay, they have another point of view. Right. Right. And let's stop and figure out what their point of view is before mm-hmm. I just claim that they're doing this maliciously or, you know, we're just not having a good day. So I think the Enneagram definitely helped put words and vocabulary to that and help yeah. establish situation, help, help establish points where I can step back and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is a situation that's not that somebody's going to react differently than I am. And that's okay. Yeah. Also, it's great. Like, so my mom was, when I first heard of the Enneagram, we were on a vacation um, with my family. My mom was reading the book 
And so she got really into it. So then I get really into it. So along the trip of along this trip, we're reading the book together kind of, um, mm-hmm. and learning about it together, but it gave us this immediate language connection that we mm-hmm. hadn't had before, you know? And I think that's so cool. Like as soon as we, I think one of the reasons we bonded over it so hard initially <laughs> was just cause I was like, Oh, by having the same basic understanding of this content that you do, we automatically are communicating in a very similar way. Yes, I'm sorry. Her Ashley's microphone. Mind <laughs> Ashley is struggling. Well, okay, so real quick, I did not learn the Enneagram as well as y'all did. So just because maybe I don't understand and our listeners don't know, yeah, what yeah. is it? Like, is it a okay. personality test? Like, what is Enneagram? Yeah, so so Enneagram, first off, let me spell it because I feel like this is the question that I get the most when I start talking about it. People are like, what, are you, what is this word that you're saying? But it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Um, and so the Enneagram is a personality typing system. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good description. That's a great description. Okay. I worked on it. Thanks. <laughs> so I wrote it down in my She's notes. A professional. She's a I professional. Said, what, what is the way to explain this? Yeah. So it helps you type your personality, but it's, it's like an ancient system. Like this isn't a new thing. It's been around for forever. Um, like 4,000 years, like middle East, this is where it began and it didn't get popular um, until relatively recently, but even in like right. the 60s and 70s, I think, don't quote me on that. It came from a podcast that I heard. I think um, you're right. It started coming into the United States. Yeah. And so we'll have to fact check. Do you fact check? Uh, usually, yeah, yeah fact check. Let me, let me, let me make sure that you got that right. <laughs> yeah. Fact check that. No, honestly, please do. <laughs> but so the whole, going. the whole thing about the Enneagram, which I think separates it, because I do these all the time, like the personality typing systems. This is a big part of my job. This is stuff that I'm just interested in um, and geek out about. But the cool thing is that the types are not based on behavior, which a ton of personality stuff that the types, the personality types are based on behaviors that you have, but instead the Enneagram is about your motivations. Right. And know? that's what really drew me to it because mm-hmm. like, like you said, I've taken the disc, I've taken the yes, yes. Myers-Briggs, uh-huh. I've been the golden retriever, I've been mm-hmm. the turtle, I've done all of these different things. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah I behave this way. Yeah. And 10,000 other people behave this way, mm-hmm. but it's not the behavior that we need to look at. It's the motivation behind it because in life, you go through doing things, and I truly believe that things happen in the way that people <laughs> operate is they do it, they do with what they have. So yeah, they absolutely. Will, they make decisions based on the information that they have at hand, and they go with the best decision that they feel that they can. Mm-hmm. And so with the Enneagram, I feel like they take that aspect of your personality and really dive deep in and describe the feeling and the motivation behind the behavior. Yes. Yes. And so instead of us just reacting on surface level stuff, it mm-hmm. digs a little deeper and helps you understand mm-hmm. the meaning behind the behavior. Yeah. And so each, each person, so there's nine personality types. We'll start there. Um, but each personality type has a basic fear and a basic desire. And that's how they're kind of um, distinguished from each other. Right. That's how you categorize. Okay, so I'm just going to go through them, and then you, you jump in, but I just have the fear and desire for each one. Okay. I figured that was a good... That's, that's a great starting point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <here> for <laughs> the first one is the reformer. Um, that's type. So that's the type one, and their fear is being just like a bad person or not doing things the right way, um, whereas their desire is the opposite of that, right? Being a good person... Um, being morally sound, ethically correct. 
Anything you want to add? Well, I am a type one, and sometimes they're also called perfectionists. Yeah. So I struggle with perfectionism every day, Mm -hmm. and I can attest to the whole, I do not want to be perceived as a bad person. I want to be perceived as someone that follows the rules and does it right the the first time. So you don't have to go back and correct or do anything behind me. I want to get it right first so that it's done and we can move on to the next thing. And it's a struggle daily. (laughs) Um, okay, so number two is the helper. I wish we had someone for each type because that's such good insight to talk to someone who actually is the the number. Anyways, okay, number two is the helper. Um, their desire is to be loved, wanted, appreciated, and their fear is to be unloved or not needed. They are also called caretakers. Yes, they are. So these are the people that actually have an innate intuition as to what the needs of other people are. So if you've ever been like in a room with people and you look around and you're the one that's like, huh, that person's sad. I need to go see him. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what the two does. That's what a type two personality and Enneagram does. They sense other people's needs and goes and tries to help. Really empathetic. Way. Very empathetic. Mm-hmm. Very, very empathetic. Okay. So the three is the achiever and their feel is failure or um, incompetence. And their desire is to be successful, respected. Yeah. So... It's pretty straightforward. The achiever is the really achiever is very black and white, and yeah. they're there. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're also called a think performer, performer, performer. Mm-hmm. and that's because when they get into different rooms or situations, they can change to match the energy or the vibe of that room, if you will. <laughs> um, so if they're in a room full of professionals, they will act very professional. If they're in a room full of people just having fun, they will just have fun. They can switch so they that can, code, girl. They can code switch very easily, and it's, it's a unique gift. Um, so the four is the individualist, and their um, fear is the essentially that they're defective, um, that they are missing something, um, that they're different from everyone in some way. But also that is their desire as well, is that they are different and they are significantly um, or like special in some way. And then also having some meaning, like very significant meaning in their life. Mm-hmm. I'm the four. That's why it took me a little bit longer to get out because it feels more complex for me. Yeah. It, they wow. are also surprise, surprise. I'm like dying at these like also known names. And this one is the um, tragic romance. Bro, they're rough. They're, <laughs> I swear. Okay. So when we were first reading the book and I took the stupid test and was typed as the individuals, like the description, I just want y'all to understand like every other type, the description is so lovely. Um, it's so objective. It's so um, just kind. Mm-hmm. Mine is moody, self-absorbed, dramatic. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. It's just, it's tragic. <laughs> but it's you so love rough. it. You secretly love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. That's the type. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I am special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. So they typically are like your melancholy friends, you know, yes. the ones that'll sit with you and just be in the room. And they're <laughs> awesome. So, but fours are also very creative. Like mm-hmm. the three fours and I think fives are labeled as very creative and, and yeah. artistic and that kind of thing. So you do have a unique place here in this world, Annie. Yeah. I'm actually a four um, with a three, which is kind of a weird combination. Okay. I can so see that. So the five is the investigator. What's the other thinker or observer yeah okay so the five their fear is that they're not knowledgeable that they would be ignorant about something um and then their desire is to know all the things to be seen as competent i mean the fears and desires are pretty directly opposite but Mm -hmm. they're your average your 
avid readers and yes. learners. Like they're always in a book learning something. They're the ones mm-hmm. with the random trivia facts mm-hmm. that win those games at random that mm-hmm. you just play. And you're like, how did you? Why Me knowing the word horticultural. <laughs> like, why do you know that pickles, the perfect cucumber for a pickle is this? And mm-hmm. all they, they're, they're those people. We love you for that, though, because if you didn't know, we wouldn't know. That's true. That's so true. Everybody needs a good five in their life Absolutely. just so they can learn some just things. Just to know something. Um, so the six is the loyalist. Questioner. The questioner. Okay. And then basically their fear is fear itself. That's how when I first read it in the book, that's how it was described. And I think it's a pretty solid description. Um, their fear is also being without security, without support, and directly opposite. Their desire is for security, for support, and for guidance. Um, yeah. So Early story, early journey, journey story. I thought I was a six because all of that I absolutely believe have. and have. Like <laughs> loyalty is a big totem pole in my life. Like if like loyalty is is absolutely what I hinge everything on. But also the whole and I mean anxiety. Like I wake up every day, like okay, what's gonna happen? Like prepare for the worst, honestly. And that's what a lot of people who are sixes kind of describe their life as. Like when they yeah. wake up, they're like, all right. So fearful. Yesterday I planned for X, Y, and Z to happen. Mm-hmm. And if X, Y, and Z happens today, then tomorrow, you know, ABC will happen. We'll just yeah. cycle back through it. And you just, you wake up planning for mm-hmm. the inevitable. And yeah. so um, I relate closely to the sixes. I don't know that I am a six. Again, we'll just. Well, it seems like they go hand in hand. Like I could see that with the perfectionist too, is that right. you constantly have to be planning. You have to be on the high alert. Yeah. And so one of the things though, and I mean, that I heard through a podcast is that, you know, to type you we never type each other but you type yourself and one of the ways you can is this the the, the description that makes you the most mad oh <laughs> is oh. the one that you are <laughs> step on them toes the f- the type one was the first one that i was like Ugh, never yeah. <laughs> and just a this little side note like you shouldn't really be trying to pick one of these right now and be like oh i'm oh, no. the whatever there there are these tests that you can take online um and there are free ones but also there is one on the enneagram institute website um that's pretty all-encompassing mm-hmm. um i'll have it linked in the show notes so Ooh, if you are interested wow. what a woman <laughs> she's amazing. That's what i'm for um if you're interested in finding out what your enneagram type is i love it okay check the bio so the seven is the enthusiast um they are the fun ones so their desire is to have fun but ultimately it's to have it's to be content it's contentment mm-hmm. and then their fear is fomo it's the fear of missing out um and then on a deeper note, their real, like, deep fear is to be trapped in any sort of emotional pain or negativity. <laughs> yep. So they are your friends that absolutely run from hard conversations. Everything is fine in their life. They don't want to address the difficult things. Bree's raising her I'm a seven. <laughs> but you're so much fun to be around. Well, in my brain, I think that, like, the six, sevens, and eights are, like, the fun ones. <laughs> Which is hilarious like because run. when we get to the I'm description of the run. eight, you're going to die. Yeah, three. no, it is. But <laughs> sevens for sure. I, I think Breeze is seven, but again, we don't type here. Um, we don't but type yeah, here. They're the ones that are the life of the party. You know, mm-hmm. they're up for anything, ready to go, and they don't like sitting. Yeah. One, period, just in an environment, they have to keep constantly moving. Uh-huh. And two, uh, any kind of emotional uh, stressor, mm-hmm. they tend to shy away from. <laughs> so. I love them. They're f- they they are the most. They're so much fun, me, and I love trying to figure out what they're running from. Yeah, I think um, 
Honestly, if you just sit us down, we'll probably tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Hush. <laughs> I don't know that Christian has ever done the test. Christian's my brother, by the way. But I think he has a lot of characteristics of the seven. seven. Like he is so much fun to be around. He's always a good laugh. Um, and I think he's gotten better about it. But I think before he would have run from a hard conversation. <laughs> Or he'd have made fun of it. Yeah, he would have just found some humor in it. <laughs> also, another description um, I've seen is like um, distraction and unfinished projects. Oh, I love go it. Go heavy <laughs> with sevens. Yes. Um, okay, so the eight. The eight is the challenger. Um, their fear is weakness, powerlessness, um, and to be controlled. They do not like to be controlled. And then the, their desire is to protect themselves and to protect others by maintaining power control. Mm-hmm. So these are the... Uh, Confrontation. You call them challengers? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the people that are going to stand firm on what they believe in. Uh-huh. And if you cross them or anybody that they love, you're going down. Oh, they love yeah. the confrontation. Their love language, and I know there's five of them by Gary Chapman, but their love language is confrontation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you, can, if you can go toe-to-toe with them in a discussion... Mm-hmm. I won't call it an argument. We'll call it a discussion because sometimes they don't get that violent. But if you go, if you can hold your own and go toe to toe with them in a discussion, they yeah. will love you forever. Yeah, and that's how yeah. they feel loved. So I appreciate an eight. Yeah, and the eight will always shoot you straight. This they scare me. Absolutely shoot you straight. Yeah, and I I do really like like in the fear and desires. It really explains a little bit of the motivation. Um, but the eight, a lot of their motivation is to protect themselves and the people that they love. Which like, who doesn't love that? That's justice. like the most intense type of yeah, justice, loyalty. I love it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the nine, the nine is the peacemaker. Um. Any other names? Um. Passivity. Passivity. Okay. So the nine, they fear any type of conflict, um, and their desire is to maintain peace, like, at all costs. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of nines in my life, and they're very mellow. They're, they're um, the best. They're, they're the very best. go with the flow, and nothing really rocks their boat unless something rocks their boat. And mm-hmm. they recluse, and you won't see or hear for them for days. <laughs> but they are very passionate about what they mm-hmm about maintaining peace so they will do whatever they can to keep that equilibrium Mm -hmm. and you can expect them to be the calming soothing balm Mm -hmm. to your high energy high stress situation so they're awesome yeah Mm. and the the sevens and the nines are like similar in the sense that they both are avoiding conflict but it does seem like the difference is that the sevens are like fearful of the pain of conflict does that make sense mm-hmm. whereas it seems like nines are more just fearful of the discomfort of conflict like oh yeah. this makes me feel not good you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you're messing with their peace yeah yeah you're yeah. messing with their peace and calm where sevens are like you're messing with my fun yeah they don't like yes that's like, awesome that's a great way to come say up it here and mess with my fun <laughs> i love it <laughs> don't mess with my fun so but yeah, those are the types <laughs> now <laughs> but those are the types and uh you know, we just went through them briefly, but mm-hmm. I think Annie, one of the things that I want to discuss with you is yeah. the whole, like you and I have had conversations about our types and how, you know, well, it's this, you know, we believe like this is how it's exposed in my life. And we believe, you know, this is how it helps you interact with that. But like, how has the Enneagram and knowing your type and like having a discussion with your mom and other people who have typed differently helped you in your work relationships and just in your friendships and in your family relationships? Oh gosh, so much. So, First off, like my, so so when me and my mom found it, like we loved it, and 
I think the biggest thing for us was it really just, like I said before, like gave us a common language to be able to describe experiences. And for me, like I'm all about the ability to have the language to communicate the things that I'm feeling like that's important for Mm me. Um, and I think I see the importance of that so much in the work that I do that it becomes a real priority for me to be able to communicate. And so that really helps so much. Like me and my mom are so very different, but obviously we, we love each other so much, you know? And so sometimes it's very frustrating when you know that people's motivations and intentions are good for each other, but you're so, um, you're communicating so differently that you're just butting heads over and over again. And so I think it really helped in our relationship of being able to say like, just one, being able to remind myself, like when she acts certain ways, um, her motivations are still so good, you know, Mm -hmm. and reminding me like, Oh, this is a great part of her personality that I find endearing about her. You know, even if it's like a little frustrating, sometimes it's also something that I find very endearing. I feel like I always end up talking about my mom on here. She's, she's pretty listen. great. Your she's mom's a special lady. She's going to walk us out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, so that really changed the dynamics of our relationship. And I think that was the first time I saw like, oh, wow, this is such a powerful tool. But now I use it all the time. I mean, I make all of my friends take it. <laughs> I make all my coworkers take it. I think it's so much fun. Um, I think it gives you just the ability to really understand people in a deeper way. And then also just to be able to discuss common experiences. Like the first time that I um, really interacted with someone that had also typed as a four, that was a cool experience for me. Like I didn't really even know how to act. I was like, oh, wow. Like someone else. Instant bond. I mean, I was a little salty. I'm going to be honest. But (laughs) I was just kidding. You're like, I thought I was the only one. (laughs) Wow, there are more. (laughs) (laughs) How dare. I was peeved for sure. How dare you be unique like I am? <laughs> Lord didn't make you this way. <laughs> I will say, I feel like I retyped myself mm-hmm. several times doing this. And I will, yeah. like any any personality test, I kind of just hate taking them because I'm just like, don't point out any flaws I have. I'm aware they're there. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me are you who running, my issues are. Running from conflict? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you running from emotional pain? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> for a long time, I thought I was a three. Oh, really? Uh-huh. For yeah. a very long time. I was like, I'm a three through and through. And then I finally, like, was honest with all the tests. <laughs> <laughs> the one that made you the most mad. <laughs> I hate when that happens. When yeah. you're, like, trying to lie through the test and you're like, ah, why isn't this fitting? Oh, right, because I'm not being honest. I'm not being honest. honest. Yeah. So when I first took it, I introduced it to Brad and Christy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, y'all should take this. Yeah, yeah. And Christy goes, so what did you get? And I was like, well, the first time I took it. And she was like, the first? She was <laughs> taking this multiple times. I was like, yeah. She goes, oh, because you didn't get the answer you wanted the first time? And I'm like, no. Stop reading me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay. I took it multiple times. Whatever. Anyways. But we're going to get down to the truth. It's fine. The one that I want. So tell us about your experience with that. I mean, obviously, you made Brad and Chrissy, Chrissy take it. But how do you think it's helped you? For me, personally, it's giving me, like you said, a lot more vocabulary to point out those feelings and those motivations that I didn't have before. Yeah. So yeah. in, like, I've... I've had a lot of mental health growth to do. And so it's been a journey for like the past, I would say three to four years. Mm -hmm. And so during that time is when I found the Enneagram and like just reading about it and reading the motivations and as to why I behave a certain way that I do um, and where those, those deep connections are coming from was very insightful for me. So it gave me the confidence to be able to say, Hey, in certain, you know, in any situation like that, I'm uncomfortable or whatever, you know, Hey, 
we are like I'm experiencing this uh-huh. and this is the these are the feelings that I'm experiencing and this is the story that I'm writing in my head is this the truth yeah or am I seeing this in a different am I seeing this in a, from a wrong perspective because mm-hmm. I know I can yeah. you know yeah. and so I've always want to be the person who's um looking at it from all different points of views and then making a, a very accurate and precise decision because yeah. that's my perfectionist brain. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I do, and I had to grow and learn, you know, that's not always going to be the case. I'm not always going to be able to do that, but what I can do mm-hmm. to help me and to help other people around me is say, Hey, let's stop for a minute. Here's what I know. And here's what I have. Yeah. And it just yeah. gave me the confidence and the know-how and the, the wherewithal to be like, you are worthy of being understood mm-hmm. and you have the capability of understanding other people. Yeah, and so absolutely. this is just another tool to help you kind of judge where, like, not judge, but guide yourself into what where they're coming from, their motivations. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like the Enneagram because, you know, like, I'm a perfectionist. And Breeze is seven. She just wants to have fun where I think sometimes, and Breeze is no slight, slight to you, but, like, sometimes, like, mm-hmm. if she, if I'm ever like, oh, my gosh, she's just never taking anything seriously. Yeah. Well, it's not that she's not taking anything seriously. She just likes to have fun while getting work done. Right. right. And I'm, I'm running. Like, I'm a very <laughs> task-oriented person. I'm yeah. get the task done, and then we can have fun. Mm-hmm. She wants to have fun while we're doing the task. Yeah, yeah. So But doesn't it difference. make it find, like, do, doesn't it make you find all of the little traits so endearing once you figure once out? Once you like, figure it I out. I just think it's so cute. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God like they just like she just never wants to be sad like that's yeah. all it is that's like she just is. wants to be happy all the time how fun do you yeah. sorry we're really picking be. on you Bri. we are <laughs> i just want you to know i'm looking up <laughs> some more stuff some more so stuff. i was like we'll see yeah. no fine. <laughs> i was back checking some stuff from earlier oh so do you want to you want to insert it in uh yes give well us the i will give you your information about the um enneagram <laughs> what history did I, what did i get wrong no no you were actually very spot on it started um it is very old however according to the enneagram institute i think that's what yeah yeah that's the legit one that's the one i was looking up um the history um his name was really hard for me to say but he actually grew up in Vo- bolivia and then he moved to peru and that and that's where it kind of started and then it took off around the 60s so you were oh, very nice. you're very right yeah and then like recently like mid 2010s i mm-hmm. think the christian world got a hold of it up again like there's a lot of um prominent people in christianity that use the enneagram to help them navigate their world and there are a lot of websites um for that too there's one called your enneagram coach and her name is beth um i follow her on instagram and they go through different series um, of tools and stuff that you can help that help the Enneagram helps you understand different people. Yeah. Um, like the one recently they're doing is what does burnout look like for each number? Oh, man. Get out of here. I, know, I don't right? even want to know. I know. Right. They haven't gotten to the ones yet. They started at the nines. I was oh, anticipating all of the stress. Sweating. I got to go look at it. Right? Um, <laughs> the Road Back to You. That's an Enneagram book um, in when I, this is the one that my mom was reading when I first learned about it, but the road back to you, it, it is Christian based. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a good one. Like if you're looking for a Christian perspective on the Enneagram, that would be a good place to start, but also like just start. I think it was fun reading through the types and then taking the test, which I know a lot of people disagree with. Like they just want to know what they are, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lot more fun to like read about it and be able to also just apply it to your everyday life. Like, oh, I wonder if this person is a seven and if they are, then this is what that would look like, you know? Right. And so the, another good Christian perspective on that is Susan Stabile. Um, she goes around the country doing seminars every month, honestly. She's such mm-hmm. a sweet little old lady. 
Oh, um, I love it. And um, so she is very prominent in the Enneagram Christianity world. And so there's a lot of good resources out there, um, podcasts and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we just want to, you know, make the disclaimer. We are not experts by any means. Sure. But this is a tool that we have found very, very useful in our personal lives that we think could help you guys. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. There's just, there's so much to say about it. I know that we are literally we bar- out of time. <laughs> yeah. But they, there's so much to learn about it. Like, even if you just kind of start with it, there's so many different things to learn. And I think with all personality stuff, like, take what helps you, leave what doesn't. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so yeah, I started reading The Road Back to You. Yeah, it's a good one. And then um, The Path Between Us which was what Susan Stabile wrote. Oh, yeah. Along with Ian uh, Morgan Cron. Gotcha. So, um, so those books kind of go hand in hand. So those are the two books that I read. I'll also link them. Yeah. And then um, Annie F. Downs. And you'll link the test. Oh, I love Annie F. Downs. She's She's great. great. Annie F. Downs for two years now, I think, Mm -hmm. or maybe three, she's done an Annie a summer where she goes through the types and has people each Mm -hmm. identify as that type. Yeah. Talk about their experiences through life. So that's another good podcast that you can go through. Um, and just kind of listen and, and get some insight from. For sure, for sure. So lots of resources. All right, well, I don't really know how to close this out because Brad normally does that, but this has been a lot of fun. It's been great. Thanks a ton for doing this with me. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> I, so I can get it. my best. <laughs> He's probably going to be like, I don't know what Brie was trying. Like, let's try. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it now. As you are trying to find out oh, the shoot. ways that you can better understand yourself, and others, I still also have to like exit out with the music too. Do not forget that you are not <laughs> alone. And so, um, work hard, hustle hard, play hard, have some fun, pray hard, rest hard, and look up the Enneagram. Look up the Enneagram. Check out the sources that I'll have linked for us in our show notes. And let, let us know, know what you are. It. Yeah, let us know what you are too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Web family, y'all hear that? <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.